the Chair Centre, making life a little bit easier. Morning, team. Yes, yes. He started eating the Toblerone. He started at the end of the box. Look, it's open. Look. You've you've had a you've had a square off that. Especially one for Father's Day because of the generation gap between us. You've had a you've eaten. Look, you've eaten a bit. You so have, you lying little son. Look at this. Look. Where's where's that bit gone then? It wasn't me. Where was it? Mouse. He started eating my gift. You're like Winnie the Pooh and the balloon, aren't you? And Eeyore and everybody else. It gives him a, no, he gave him a balloon and a jar, but it deflated. <laughs> well, that's really lovely, thank you. Second hand, isn't it? Quite clearly. <laughs> Even the sell-by dates last year. But never mind. Here's the news. Sorry, we're still discussing the chocolate. I'm sorry, it's going to go for daisies. So he brings me in the opened Toblerone bar. I don't want to make a big deal about it. And I bring him in a Mars bar. And I look at the size of Christos and I look at the little thing that I've offered. And to be honest with you, it's just embarrassing. Did you like the cherry Jaffas? No, I didn't. Oh, didn't you? Oh. But I, I, I like a Jaffa cake, but I'm not... But you don't like those? Little. Little they're from. Yeah. No, there's, oh, I do, I do. There's one in Kingston. I have, I have been in before. I quite like it. Jess likes it. She has to go in disguise. On second thoughts, it might be an Aldi. I don't know what it is now, actually. No, I don't think it is. It's fine. You're right. Yeah, that, I get you a major Toblerone. Well, that is a major Toblerone. I mean, you know, even by your standards, that is a big offering, you know, and I've heard rumours. But thank you so much, Anita, but I haven't <laughs> taken it. I'm diabetic. I'm trying to kill me. <laughs> See you later. Right, I've got some Lucozade for you out here. Oh, lovely. Do you know, AIDS recovery. <laughs> I used to love the advert for Lucozade. There was something about Lucozade. I used to think it was really nice because it had the orange paper wrapped round it and I thought it was the colour of Lucozade. I was so disappointed when you took the paper off and discovered it wasn't that bright orange colour. But there used to be the advert on the Great West Road and, and the bottle used to fill up and the bottle used to go down and then it used to fill up and go... I mean, I, was, I could sit there for hours watching that. Anyway... I trust you well. Christo's back with you tomorrow. So I'm very... I'm all over the blooming shop today. I'm sorry about that. Wait a minute. Just just bear with me. It's only because I came in and I thought, oh, it's not raining. That's nice. And because uh, every... Oh, I can't even spell my own name now. Uh, every day, so far, it's rained. And I was going to get the car washed yesterday. And I didn't. Uh, but I've got, a, I've got a couple of conundrums, actually. In between, Catwoman... Works for the Royal Bank of Scotland. Oh, that's all we need, isn't it? And uh, let me just do this. I can't remember... Last I had to change the password yesterday. Every three months at Global, we have to change the passwords. And I've run out of rude words. You know, I've... It's just... Awful. Just keep adding numbers. Yeah. Yes, you can add numbers. So I, I do... Uh, wait a minute. I've, I've lost track. Sometimes you, you do it and they go, Oh, no, you're supposed to have one uppercase letter and some numbers. And I think, oh, four times I did it once. And, I, and it said, you've had this password before. And you're right, I should have kept adding numbers. But it was a bit silly. But... Uh, you can do it, Jess, and it, it does work. It's just a bit confusing. I'm not, I'm not good with remembering passwords. I'm not good with anything at the moment. I'm terrible. And yesterday, I nearly got into an argument in Lloyd's Bank. Wait a minute, just move my microphone. Uh, before we talk about um, uh, Shalina from The X Factor. Before we talk about... I argue... Well, uh, it wasn't really an argument. It was more a case of she was a jobsworth. And and I think to myself, and you, have, you might have to explain this to me, because frankly, I mean, even though I've sat down and talked about it with a couple of friends, uh, I'm still none the way. And they go, well, that's their, their policy. I said, yeah, but I don't quite understand what the problem is. I go to the bank machine, OK, yesterday, Lloyd's Bank, because we don't have an RBS in Twickenham. We've got one in Richmond, but I couldn't be fagged to get on the bus and go there. So instead, I go to um, 
Lloyds Bank. Now, I go there quite a lot. In fact, if you look through my bank statements, uh, you discover that I take uh, money out of Lloyds Bank on a regular basis, probably at least once a week. So I go there, and yesterday I happened to need to take out £300. A small fortune in anybody's book. So I take out 300 key and 300 pounds. Out it comes in tenors. Well, you know, it's just... Who's, who's got a wallet that holds 300 pounds in tenors? So I did what I normally do. I go into Lloyd's Bank and I say to one of the assistants, oh, so I've just taken this out of the machine. Can you change it into, you know, 250s or 450s or 650s? Anything that'll be good. In this particular case, I wanted to send it to somebody, but I didn't want to send 10 pound notes in an envelope. I wanted to send maybe some 50s which is a bit easier. No, it's exactly if you get a parcel box, as Jess says. So um, the woman goes, um, well, are, are you, she sees me holding my RBS card and she mistakes it for a Halifax card, <laughs> as if. She goes, oh, well, no, you're, you're not with this, uh, with this bank. I go, no, but I'm, I'm with RBS. And she goes, oh, unless you're with the bank, I can't change it. She said, how much is there? So I say £300. So she takes it and she counts it. So I'm thinking, oh, she's obviously going to do it for me, like all the others have. Yeah, 300. And then she gives it back to me. And I thought, what was the point of that? And so, um, and she says, well, you know, it's it's, it's policy. We don't change it because you're not with this bank. I thought, well, your bank machines let me take it out. Surely that must mean something. It's your money. You know, why can't you change it for 50s? Oh, it's bank policy. And I thought, do you know, honestly... what What is the difference between taking some money in? They have a little machine that they put it on and it counts it. They don't even need to count the money now. They put it on a little machine and it counts it. And then they push a little button and out comes the, the right amount of money. So they've, it's all open there. They don't actually have any money. It comes from, from the inner depths of the bank. And I thought, what would be the difference at Lloyd's Bank? You know, whether it's policy or... What are you saying? Are you saying because I'm not with Lloyd's Bank, I might be cheating you? You know, the money's just come out of your machine. I've walked round and I've given it to you and said, can you change it into something I can walk away with, not £300 in tenors? But she stuck to her guns. She wasn't going to give me the money. Come, I felt like saying, I tell you what, get me the manager. I'll open an account and then I'll come up and go, I've got an account. It's got £3 in it. Now change this money up, will you? I've taken it out of my RBS account. But in fact, because I've got a £5 account with you, I just didn't understand unless she was calling me a crook. You know, because obviously thinking I was passing fake money or something like that. But I don't see the problem with changing money up. I do look like a crook, thank you. Well, I mean, what's, what's the harm in changing money up? It's money, isn't it? They used to have a policy years ago in all the banks, and they probably still do now. If You, you know, as kids, you save up your pennies and your twos, and I still do it now. Only uh, to save any embarrassment, I take it to Sainsbury's and pour it in their coin machine. And it just prints out a receipt and I give some, you know, Sainsbury's make a fortune out of it. They haven't had to do anything. And if you go into a bank now with little bags of money, I'm sorry, do you bank with us? No, well, we can't change it. Why? Why can't you change it? What is the problem? What, are you from another country or something? Why can't you change my money up? I only wanted to do me £10 notes. I got, I got really fed up with that. So I walked out thinking, you jobsworth. You, all you have to do, well, I mean, you know, you have to sign an affidavit or something saying I've just got this money out your machine and, you know, I exonerate myself completely. I'm not passing false notes and I'm not opening a foreign bank account. Because I thought, there was nobody else in the bank. It wasn't like I was holding a queue up or anything else. would have taken her 30 seconds. It was the point where she actually counted my money out and then handed it back to me. I thought, you obviously think I'm a liar or something. So anyway, so if you're going into Lloyd's Bank in Twickenham today, woman on the far end, left-hand side, it's obviously her sort of regular till. I should have got her name, actually. Because I hate that things like that. What difference would it make? You know, entente cordiale? 
little bit of, you know, I might want to change banks, I might want to go to Lloyd's. Not now. Oh, dear, I tell you. Just drives you bad. Mad, doesn't it? Uh, so here she is, she's in the paper today. You now know it's uh, Mary Bale, 45. Looks about 90, I'm afraid. She's the cat hater. She thought it was a bit of fun. As Christo told you and everybody else has told you. Um, they said they, they, The police were called to a house to protect her from a mob outside. I mean, quite clearly, she's a very stupid woman. She used to be in the choir, and uh, they've, they've interviewed people. Honestly, they've gone overboard on this story. It's only a woman who dropped a cat in a bin. You know, the fact is, she's stupid. We know she's stupid. She knows she's stupid. And the fact is, she's either so thick that she didn't realise she was being caught on CCTV, or she's got an, or she was dropped on a red as a baby or something. Either way, she's a bit thick. And, uh, and I'm embarrassed to say she works for my bank. Very embarrassed. The bank have said that uh, they're, they're, they're not actually going to do anything about it. You feel like standing outside RBS in Coventry going, boo, boo, <laughs> she comes in, <laughs> as opposed to boo, like that, which is a completely different boo to boo, boo you. So here she is explaining the cat episode. What, what is it to explain, love? What is it to explain? You walked along, you stroked it, you picked it up by the scruff of the neck and you threw it in a bin. What is it to explain, you lying old bag? What is it to explain about that? You were cruel to an animal and you were caught. There was nothing else in there. Luckily, we got CCTV and we caught you and you're a nasty piece of work. Admittedly, there's a few stupid people on Facebook are calling for her death, which just seem a little bit over the top. I mean, the, these people are as cracked as she is. You know, it's just utterly ludicrous. But she, she says here, I don't know what the fuss is about, it's just a cat. I'll tell you what, love, we're going to pick you up and drop you in a cage full of crocodiles and go, don't worry, there are any crocs. You know, you love crocs, don't you? So it's all in the paper today. Uh, in every one of them. Also, the uh, the Dragon's Den, uh, otherwise known as the BBC programme that lines the pockets of already very rich people. You as a licensed rich people on there, Duncan Bannatyne and Peter and uh, even Deborah Meaden to a certain extent. Although this poor woman, you'd think she could spend her money on something decent, like some better outfits. She is, for a woman who's, who's supposed to be that rich, she dresses so badly. Because all the others look quite smart, don't they? I think they. I think you know. Peter looks very smart, and Theo looks quite smart. And then the uh, the other one, whose name I can never remember actually, there's Deborah Meaden, Peter, the, and the James Carr, which is not his real name because he's Asian. But he's one of those. They've all learnt the. No, it's not his real name. He made it up. He took it from a, a cinema poster. And uh, he's he's actually gone back to Pakistan. As somebody said the other day, they're looking for a lot of money to try and pull back together the Chelsea pensioners' home. They need about thirty million. And uh, one of the papers today, I think it's the Sun, has said, "Wouldn't it be nice if some of the Islamic multi-millionaires out there actually gave money to help rebuild the Chelsea pensioners' home?" Seeing as we've given the biggest amount in this country to help the flood victims in Pakistan, ninety million we've given. We are the most generous country when it comes to giving. You know, there are loads of filthy rich people out there, footballers, who don't give anything. They really don't, apart from their stuck-up girlfriends who go out and squander it on clothes and things. And yet, when you see them out, they just look like dogs' dinners. You know, I've never seen, I'm afraid, Alex Curran or Colleen Rooney wear anything that looks vaguely attractive. They might as well just go dress in Primark. It's obviously their level. There's no point in putting them in smart clothes. You know, how much that costs at £6,000? All right, where'd you get it from? I got it from Cricket, which is like the posh shop which appeals to all the footballers, girlfriends and wags. And obviously the assistants are trained in there to say, you look gorgeous in that. That really is you. It's 15,000. It looks absolutely fantastic on you, Colleen. Really? No, you don't look like a dog's dinner or turkey. No, you look lovely. Really, buy it. Go on, buy it. She's bought it. She bought it. It looks lovely. Well done, dear. That's a really nice outfit. Because women go on flattery in shops. 
Why do you think women go to the hairdressers? Because the guy goes, your hair looks so beautiful. You're a beautiful woman. I do this for you and, and create your marvellous sort of shape out of your face. You know, all you really want. I feel like walking. There was a woman, I told you, in the pet department in Harrods the other week with her girlfriend. She was a bit, let's call her Chav, and that's being kind. And she's got long hair. And from the front, it looked great. Unfortunately, the back, you could see it was clipped onto a band. And the band was showing under her hair. And I wanted to tap her on the shoulder and go, you look a bit Chav, darling. You know, your boyfriend should tell you that from, from the back, your hair is all taped onto this thing. And we can see it because your hair's so thin and weedy. As, you know, don't, don't do it. It looks ghastly. In fact, the pets look better. But luckily, I, I held back. I didn't, I didn't say anything, because I think, you know, if you've got something nasty to say about something uh, or, or somebody, do it on the programme. So much easier. So if you're listening, love, you look like a dog's dinner. All right? 16 past five. These are the headlines. It's reported a man found murdered in a flat in Pimlico was a British spy. The body of the man, believed to be in his 30s, was found on Monday after neighbours alerted police. A leading economic think tank is claiming George Osborne's emergency budget will hit the poorest hardest. The Institute for Fiscal Studies believes low-income households with children will be the biggest losers from the Chancellor's tax and benefit changes. And Simon Cowell says the welfare of X Factor contestants is most important, and that's why he's dropped uh, Shalina Johnson from the show. After her performance in the first show of the new series at the weekend, doctors said her mental health was at risk if she continued. Let's have a check on the roads for this morning from 10, LBC 97.3. Morning. Hello. Steve Allen's early breakfast. Everything you've heard about the programme is true. We don't sort of pussyfoot around, I'm afraid. We call a spade a spade. And if it upsets people, well, kind of tough. Kind of tough, because what we're telling you is 100% the truth. We don't need to say anything for effect like some other programmes or pretend we like somebody when we don't like somebody. So, for example, cheating Tiger Woods has failed to buy his wife silence, even with 64 million smackers. Uh, she's already filmed her first TV interview. And to be quite honest with you, I mean, I don't, I don't blame her. If, if men are that stupid to realise that uh, women in this position marry for love, well, then forget it. Because it, it overshadows everything. Like, that's why I quite like Paul McCartney, in a strange, bizarre way, because he hasn't ever spoilt the children. He said, listen, we might have 700 million quid sitting in the bank, but frankly, you're going to get out there and work. And so that's what they've had to do. They've had to forge their way. Whereas some people just hand money to their children on a plate. You've seen them, you know, spoilt children on television programmes. You never find anybody like Paul, Paul McCartney's children cropping up on TV programmes talking about spoilt children because they're not spoiled. They have to work. You know, people in this business, it doesn't matter how, how rich they are, they make family members work. You get more out of it if you work. You get much more out of it. There is a satisfaction about getting up. I know you don't want to get up every morning, but there is a satisfaction about about sort of getting up there and, and going, I'm going off to work today. There's no such thing as not being able to find a, find a job. There are loads of jobs out there. But most people, unfortunately, say, well, I couldn't do that. It's beneath me. What, sweeping? I couldn't do that. Oh, I'm not sweeping. I'm cleaning, driving a bus or anything. Whereas I'm thinking, it's a job. It's a job. Any job is what you make it. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's the, the most awful job in the world. It's what you want to make it. You know, if you want to work for the council as a street sweeper and walk around in fluorescent trousers all day, as long as you can get over the embarrassment that you look ridiculous but you're making a difference, that's fine. You know, if you... I mean, I used to love selling carpets and I'd go home covered with carpet fluff. Covered. But I loved my job. I loved the smell of carpet. I would come in the morning and roll around in carpets. Somebody used to come in and say, I need some, some vinyl for my kitchen floor. And I would, I would say, this is nice. And, this is, and, and it lovely. 
They had a mystery shopper in once. I, I won £10 in the days when you were going home with a fiver a week. Well, less than that after tax. And, uh, and I picked out a vinyl flooring. And he went, actually, I'm from Nairn, which is one of the big vinyl flooring manufacturers. And, uh, and he went, I'm the mystery shopper. He said, congratulations. He said, you've just won yourself £10. And he gave me £10 note. I've never seen a £10 note. And you have a fiver in my pay packet with some odd change. A £10... £10? What, just for recommending Nairn Flooring? Well, for the next week, all I did was recommend Nairn Flooring to everybody. Nairn Flooring's marvellous. It's wonderful. It's cheap and it's this and that. And I used to love cutting it. We used to stitch together rush matting. We used to cut... Oh, I used to love working in carpeting. I used to love it. The only thing I didn't like was having to send people out to people's houses to go and measure up. And then they'd come back and you'd have to work out the estimate. And I didn't like that at all. But I, it was my proud moment when I actually got a desk... Because when you're a junior in the carpenter, you never got a desk. And when I actually got a desk, it's like an upright desk. It was like, wow, I've only got a desk. I'm a fully-fledged carpet salesman wearing, wearing my, my school blazer with a badge taken off, my black trousers and my shoes. And, uh, oh, loved it. Loved it. Can't think of anything nicer. There's still people there now. I went back to the store a short while ago, and there's still people there who worked when I was there. Um, why did the family of Dormice cross the road? Because the council built them a £190,000 bridge. This is in uh, uh, Rhonda. The Rhonda Borough Council in South Wales decided to build this because dormice couldn't get from one side of the road to the other without being... <laughs> and so they built them a bridge, a cost of 190000 I mean, you know, it's quite nice, but to be honest with you, most people driving it are going, what is it? And they go, it's, it's a bridge for dormice. You go, a bridge for dormice? Yeah. How much does that cost? 190000 I mean... Would it not have been easier, to, exactly cheaper to employ a lollipop man at 12000 a year because, you know, you get a lot more value out of it. By that time, the dormice might have died. And, I mean, how many dormice are using it? Is there a little sort of beep, 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 and the barrier goes up and it counts them through? I mean, I don't know. And, how, and there might be a cheeky dormouse that just goes backwards and forwards. What I want to know is, though, how many dormice are there in Wales? <laughs> it's like it's just an, an overglut of dormice and they just run backwards and forwards. I don't over in Suffolk, they've had a twister, a tornado. <laughs> Took the house up. Any M? <laughs> I don't know. It's a wicked witch down here. But uh, 120 mile an hour tornado whizzed through and ripped the roof tiles off, roofs. Oh, everything. Very windy last night, wasn't it? I thought it was quite windy, which uh, was good. Well done to Tom Daly. We like Tom Daly. He's got three A's and another A. Three A's and an A. How strange. Oh, it's A stars. Would have been an A star. I don't know, but he's done very well, as indeed did most people. However, all the freaks are out. They're all back in uh, Big Brother. These are all the ones who aren't working at the moment and who can't get arrested. So consequently, Chantel, living the dream, bit thick, been out with a few footballers, not really very clever. Uh, Samuel Preston, a little bit of a dipstick, I'm afraid. This is the Nancy who walked off the programme with Simon Anstel when he started reading out passages from Chantel's book and he got up and walked off and then suddenly realised that nobody was interested in the ordinary boys or his music or him because they suddenly realised that he was a bit stuck up and he couldn't, he couldn't actually take the joke. The one who everybody hates uh, is John McCrick. Do you know, no, I've never met anybody who likes John McCrick, especially women. Ask around the building, women. John McCrick, ugh. Don't like him at all. Funny that. My, my producer Amanda hates it. Chinese Amanda can't stand him. Jess not keen, either. Something, oh, doesn't like him at all. Um, he, he is just awful. A nasty, stupid little man. Not an eccentric at all. Just backwards and ugh, horrible. Ulrika K -K -K Johnson, still not working, love. Age 43. God, I thought you were about 55. I had no idea you were only 43 still. Uh, who? 
TV presenter. Uh, remembered singing Endless Love with Vern Troyer. Career high since the show, appearing on Shooting Stars. Oh, dear. So not really particularly good there. Uh, Nadia, who's the Portuguese transsexual, winner of Big Brother 5 in 2004. Because all these people uh, appeared on the programme. They weren't all winners. Nasty Nick Bateman, still only 42. Still only 42. And um, nothing. He says, I get more... If, if I get bored, I might be in the mood for mischief. You were a bit of a loser, though, weren't you, darling? I, th- I, I thought. Coolio. Pff, couldn't give a stuff. Makosi, cardiac nurse from Zimbabwe. Uh, claiming to have sex in the pool with eventual winner Anthony Hutton. And, um, I don't know, just a bit of an old has-been, really, I'm afraid. Nicky Graham, still only 28, but uh, just not all there, I'm afraid. A little bit stupid. And um, who else we got? Brian Dowling, the camp trolley dolly, only 32. Remembered for being the show's only gay winner. Uh, career high, fronted SMTV with Tess Doley, Daly. And uh, then he cried on Hell's Kitchen after he was tormented by... Jim Davidson. Um, to be honest with you, I thought he was past his sell-by. I had no idea he was still around, really. Uh, but the winner of Big Brother was uh, was Josie Gibson, who apparently is um, a, uh, a financial advisor. Obviously, all these people, as I said before, can afford to take time off work. They don't need to worry about it. And that's why, when you look at Ulrika Kerr, who obviously hasn't got anything in the diary for ages, and Brian Dowling and Nick Bateman and Coolio and Mikosi. Mikosi, I thought, disappeared completely, actually. And uh, she's actually said, there are many faces of Makosi. I have my naughty side and my shy side. You're also a bit stupid, dear, I'm afraid. There's no two different... It's the same person, Okay, Same person. Nikki Graham says, I want people to see I've grown up in the last four years. So, in other words, you become quite dull and boring, I'm afraid. Samuel Preston, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Chantel again. It'll be more of a bromance this time, with less of the signing of legal documents at the end. Oh, you dreary old has-been, honestly. Go away, you silly girl's blouse. Uh, Nadia... Hasn't done anything. She says, I'm still fabulous, but I'm, I'm older and wiser. Well, you're certainly older, judging by your picture. And uh, Ulrika Johnson says, I'm just as terrified as I was the first time round. I know, Ulrika, four by four. Four kids, four different men. Rest, the guitar album for your summer. Out now. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. You're tuned to LBC 97.3. It's 5.30. Everybody, 28 minutes to six at Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's nice to have your company. I trust you well. You're right. Good, good, good. See, there is something worth waking up for in the morning. It's no good sort of lying there in the morning thinking, oh, there's nothing on the radio. Because you flip round and generally speaking, it's, and that was Dvorak. Well, failing that, it's, uh, right, here we go now. We've got a great new song. This is the Spice Girls. And, you know, and it's, or the Harry Potter theme tune, as we heard on Classic FM. Oh, wait, they're playing the Harry Potter theme tune. I got quite excited, actually. <laughs> Because, you know, this this wand that they use, they've all got wands. Well, they've brought out this wand, which the, uh, apparently, I started to tell you, actually, the people from uh, Dragon's Den have bought into. But it's been on sale for over a year. They've already sold 20,000 of them. I was going to buy one, and I thought, no, it's 50 quid. I wasn't that interested. And what it is, it's a wand. It's just a long, thin wand, but it's got some electronics in it. And you can point it at the television, and it will change channels. You can wave it, and it will bring the volume up and down. You can make it adapt to anything that's got, you know, wireless technology. So, oh, you look interested now. Yeah, it's a, you can get it on, I think Firebox was selling it. They, they sold out. It was about 50 quid, and it's a wand with batteries in it, and you wave it at the television and go, volume up, and the volume goes up, volume down, and it's just, it's always to do with the, the way you wave your wand, which is lovely. So there you go, and uh, they've decided to put some money into that. As I say, anything that lines the old dragon's pockets, because that's what they do. 
they just line their own pockets. Just going back briefly to, to the, the big brother numpties that have gone back in again, the people who don't have any work in the diary for the next few weeks, and I'm looking at Makosi thinking, who are you, dear? Who are you? She was the useless one before, and um, she's only 29. I mean, I thought these people, that they were in there for such a long time, and it was so long ago. I thought she was about 55. I had no idea she was only 29. And, uh, but she apparently, every time she'd seen... Uh, Nadia out, they always had a spat so, you know, they say, you know look out for it. A source close to Makosi said, this will be the Big Brother Spin Doctors they don't get on and Makosi is not the type of woman to back down. She's an old has-been isn't she? I didn't even know she'd achieved anything since coming out. Have they all made a fortune? No. And also, they obviously ran out of winners to put in. The winners obviously went, I want to go back. What do you want to go back in there for? I've got a successful business. The ones who weren't successful, the ones who didn't achieve anything since coming out of Big Brother, like the John McCrick, <laughs> Ulrika Johnson, Samuel Preston, Brian Dowling, not one of them achieved anything. Brian Dowling got to be the voice, uh, voiceover for Closer magazine, and that was the extent of it. Um, and uh, Chantel... Probably made money through selling the uh, the romance of her and Preston to OK Magazine. Then they bought a house in Brighton. Then she suddenly realised that he was as boring as everybody had told her. And also, the, the reason they didn't get on was because she's living the dream, which is to be sort of like glamour model and go out with footballers, you know, and be a bit stupid. And uh, she apparently at one time was a Paris Hilton lookalike. If Paris Hilton looked like a wardrobe, yes, I suppose then she's a Paris Hilton lookalike. And the reason she didn't get on with Preston was because Preston is actually, surprisingly, reasonably intelligent and could have a conversation. You can't have a conversation with Chantel. She's got nothing to talk about. She hasn't done anything. She can talk about makeup and hair extensions, and that's about it. She went out with Jermaine Defoe, but, I mean, for God's sake, everybody went out with Jermaine Defoe. Come on, put your hands up. Yep. Both Jess and I have been out with Jermaine Defoe. Not difficult. Not difficult. And uh, the Daily Star today are calling for George Michael to be banned from driving. They've had enough of it, the same as everybody else. They say uh, he has been banned, but it's only temporary. It's taken five, count them, five, one, two, three, four, five police investigations to get to this point. The man is quite clearly a danger on the roads. He keeps smoking his marijuana. He quite clearly thinks this is OK because he's sad and lonely. And uh, it makes him feel a little bit better. He was found slumped at the wheel of his car back in 2006. Later that year, he allegedly crashed his Mercedes into three parked cars. He's been arrested for possessing drugs on several occasions. He's been caught cottaging on a few occasions, once in America and uh, once elsewhere. And last year, he was cuffed on suspicion of driving under the influence of crashing into the back of a lorry. He quite clearly thinks he's above the law. Why don't we take this little boy and say, smack him on the back of his silly little legs, straighten his hair out put him in prison and say, you're staying there until we get you off the weed. Because it's, it's too dangerous. It is way too dangerous to let him out there. And he quite clearly is a bit simple because he doesn't understand that if he killed somebody, if he's out driving, he's under the influence. And last time it was poor old Snappy Snaps. I mean, it could have been Snappy People's Legs, you know, if he's not careful. He crashed into Snappy Snaps, and so they banned him from the road temporarily. Then he's going to go back, and then they'll say, OK, we, we're going to ban you completely. I mean, I think sending him to prison, it's obviously the only way forward, because that way he might actually realise that he's a danger to people. And if somebody's a danger, you have to take them out of the equation. Like, you know, the woman who threw, threw the cat in the bin, she is a danger. She's a danger to cats. You know, it's no good us ganging up. Another cat should gang up and sit outside the house at night and go, well... Well, you know, and and poo on her door and things like that. You know, well, not actually on the door, that would be a bit of an achievement, but on the doorstep. 
and then let her deal with that, because she's quite clearly another bonkers woman. And, uh, you know, call the police because these people are shouting at me. It's because you're a vile person, that's why. Uh, cage fighter Alex Reed, when was the last cage fight you had, sweetness? I only ask because I don't think you've actually fought anything. I think everyone you've lost, haven't you? Or certainly been knocked out a few times. But anyway, he slapped a sex ban on his wife to help him get fit for the next bout. He was telling them on this morning, because they're about the only ones who'll bother to listen to this dreary old has-been, that uh, he said there's no strict rule for fighters to shun marital relations. Well, that'll please her, because she, she wasn't doing it with Peter Andre. I shouldn't imagine she's doing it anymore with you either. Even though they're going, oh, we try, we're at it like rabbits. You know, we think, oh, dear, too much information. But apparently a pal says, Alex is a fighter first and foremost. <laughs> really? <laughs> so that dreary little numpty I've seen on the television dragging his weary carcass around a few times isn't the same Alex who is the cage fighter. Very funny. Apparently, as soon as they get out of the ring, they'll be at it like rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> Make up your own jokes, I think. Uh, Sharon Osbourne. It's making a shock return to the X Factor. That's good. She's put on a lot of weight, though. Poor old Shazza. At one time, the makeup was really good. Now she's piled it back on, and uh, it's starting to look like all the all the stuff is not working really. But uh, the X Factor, there was a duo auditioning in Birmingham, and uh, they started attacking each other. One punched the other one. Two two lardies, and they said Cheryl had to look the other way. Not surprised, love. And it was all a little bit, little bit frightening and a little bit embarrassing. Um. More on uh, George Michael. All the teens in this country celebrating record GCSE results. Mind you, they have made them a bit easier, haven't they? So it's not exactly difficult. What colour is the sky today? Is it green, pink or blue? And if you get it right, that's really good. So well done there. Bank holiday weekend coming up. Are you going away? Going away for the bank holiday? I do hope not. Because we've got Michael Flatley to listen to on the bank holiday Monday. As Richie said, what's happening between seven and eight? On Bank Holiday Monday, it's Michael Flatley in conversation. So you get Christo 5 till 7, then you get me with In Conversation, then you get me from 8 till 10. So it's about the shortest Bank Holiday programme I've ever had. So I'm quite uh, quite looking forward to that. We want your company. Don't forget, tell your friends. So you won't believe this guy on the radio, the stuff he says about people. <sighs> Honestly, how does he get away with it? Because he tells the truth, that's why. Nobody ever got into trouble for telling the truth. And here they are. Teddy stars still have no idea who will be on the new Daybreak show with less than two weeks to go. Some include roving reporter Gail Porter. Admit they've not been told if they'll be in the early morning lineup. Gail Porter, the woman with so limited talent. I mean, you know, she has to make the papers because a bit of her hair's grown back. I'm sorry, darling. Uh, somebody at the thing there say Gail Porter is just a freelance. Exactly. Oh, dear. I don't know why you're going on about it, Gail, love. You weren't very good, even when you were freelance or otherwise. Uh, we'll talk about the X Factor after the news at six, because it's quite important, the way that you, you have to sort of look at these things. And Simon Cowell has done exactly the right thing. And here, oh, Gary Lineker's filming another another crisp advert. Dear, you are a drip, aren't you, really? And here's, let's have a quick look. This is, um, I don't know who that is, actually. Oh, it's Coronation Street star, star Tina O'Brien. And she was out on the town the other night, which is good. Uh, Britain's Got Talent gold tooth rapper DJ Talent is releasing a single. Sorry, darling, I thought you'd finished. I had no idea. And Alex Reed uh, was out uh, for uh, a show. He was out riding the other day. I suppose if you can't cage fight and you know you're going to get knocked out, better to do a bit of the old horse riding. Jonathan Ross has got a, a new look. He's grown a little beard, which is quite sweet. And um, Daniel Evans... X-Factor star, I don't even know who he is, I'm afraid, has blasted the auto-tuning of contestants' voices this year. I mean, 
I I've, I've got no idea, actually. Care, precious little. Uh, David Jason has dedicated his new drama to the heroes of World War Two, which is good. And Alan Titchmarsh has won a battle to host an ITV documentary marking the Duke of Edinburgh's 90th birthday. And here she is, wandering out. It's Cara Toynton, still not working, and still down as that ex-Eastender. Really don't know what you're going to be doing here. And the Iron Maiden frontman. Our backstage rider is just bread, butter and a tin of tuna. If people come back looking for a spread, we say, make yourself a sarni. See, because you know some of them have, I know, tin of tuna. Doesn't sound very exciting, does it? Tin of tuna. And I tell you what I did watch last night. I have to because it's just so funny. And it's just so much a big puff for Richard Desmond. And that's the uh, live from Studio 5, which should, be, uh, which should be down as dead from Studio 5. You've got the Tipex Teeth Girl, uh, who's not very good. And then you've got the Geordie. And frankly, the Geordie accent is so unpleasant to listen to. And uh, the, uh, the Tipex Teeth Girl last night, because they're way out of their depth. They really have got no idea how to string a programme together. And all they were doing is a puff for Richard Desmond's Daily Star. Every soft, it was a puff for the Daily Star. And, of course, as everybody knows, the Daily Star's stories are generally about two or three weeks out of date. Most of their, their stuff is just rubbish now. I don't think Richard's bothering. But I'm quite sure it shouldn't be too long before Ofcom clamped down on Channel 5 and say, wait a minute, I think you're not doing what's in the brief. You know, this is not a free advert for all of Richard Desmond's publications, which is what it appears to be at the moment. Although there are certainly a number of programmes you could get rid of, and you can start with this live from five or dead from five. Susan Boyle will achieve her lifelong ambition when she sings for the Pope next month. That was her lifelong ambition, was it? I don't remember ever saying that. When was that, love? When was that? She's going to perform three songs. Oh, God. <laughs> she said, to be able to sing for the Pope is a great honour and something I've always dreamed of. Well, it, you know, it's a different one for the one you dreamt of before, dear. You know that, because if, if you've dreamt of this since you were a child, we've had quite a few popes since then. So did you dream of just performing for the Pope? You know, or was it a, a Pope in particular? Apparently, uh, she's not the first member of the family to sing for the Pope. Her sister did so for Pope John Paul II when he came to Scotland. And he's not with us anymore, so I can only assume maybe the Susan Boyle family's singing. I think she was part of a choir. I don't think she sang solo. Well, I hope she didn't sing solo anyway. And, and, er... Uh, Oh, the names for Cameron's uh, beautiful... Have you noticed all babies are beautiful? No, no mother ever comes out and goes, God, it's ugly. Nobody ever says that. They always come out and go, it's the most beautiful baby girl. Because I always ask the question, if, you know, if all brides are beautiful, where do ugly women come from? And the answer is, you know, they're there all the time. It's just it's covered up with makeup. And I do like watching the pro... I like anything on the television where they, where they sort of put people up on there and you think, but they've asked to be on television. They shouldn't be on television at all. Father James Chesney... Is uh, that murdering priest in uh, Northern Ireland? Uh, he was protected by a wall of official secrecy. He was never brought to justice because of a top level cover up by police, the church, and senior politicians. He always denied any involvement in the bombing, although a sniffer dog found traces of explosives in his car when he was stopped at a checkpoint. So he's that murdering priest, I'm afraid. Do you know, honestly, if it's not one thing, it's another, isn't it, with priests? You sometimes wonder. Cardinal Conway says, I know he's a very bad man, and I, were, and I will see. What can be done? I, don't, I think he means see what can be done. It's dreadful, really. It is dreadful. Uh, the the cover-ups now, especially within the Catholic Church, you know, you think it was just ple- um, priests abusing children. Good God, no, it goes even further than that. Even further, And it's still going on. It's still going on. It's, it's just, although, talking of things that, if you're trying to find something nice today in the paper, I have got some good news. There may be life on other planets. Woo. You're a bit excited now, aren't you? You wait till I tell you 
where there could be life on other planets. So I'm still watching back on Sky. We have Sky on this woman who just picks the cat up and throws it in the bin. You vile old bag, honestly. She is 45 but looks about 70. She's nasty. She's on the front of some of the papers say, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. Really? You're about to find out what funny is. You know, when you walk into the bank, people start throwing rotten eggs at you and stuff like that. Of course, no doubt we'll have to pay for it. We're, but but we're, we're bound to have to pay for it because she'll be asked after police protection. Things a load of silly other people turned up. But she's just a stupid woman. Very stupid. Won't take long before the pickets are out at the Royal Bank of Scotland in Coventry. Once people have found out which branch she's at, they've been bombarding it with phone calls saying, I'm closing my account. I don't want somebody like that there. It's not very nice, is it? And the bank have said they're not going to do anything. Why should they worry? They're closing all the branches anyway. Who cares? Going over to Santander. Which reminds me, I must have changed my account as quick as possible. It's uh, 13 minutes to... No, it's not. 14 to 6. These are the headlines. MI6 are refusing to confirm reports a man found dead in a flat in Pimlico was a British spy. His body was discovered on Monday after neighbours called the police. Low-income families with children will be hit hardest by the emergency budget. That's according to an economic think tank. The Institute for Fiscal Studies has been analysing the measures announced in June, though the Treasury says it doesn't accept the findings. And Simon Cowell is calling his decision to drop Shalina Johnson from the X Factor heartbreaking, but says her health is more important. Doctors say the single mum, shown performing Duffy's Mercy last weekend, is too fragile mentally to cope with the show. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Get you there nice and quick. Jay Louise. Thank you. From 7, LBC 97.3. Morning team, 12 minutes to 6. I, I ordered this book the other day from Amazon. It's called Below Manchester, Going Deeper Under the City. It's by a guy called Keith Warrender. And it's, it's amazing, actually, because underneath Manchester are labyrinths, catacombs. There's a canal. And it's, it's really good. It's got nice big pictures and I love anything. If, you know, if, if ever I'm sort of feeling I'm one of those bored days, I type in on, on Google, secret underground tunnels, secret underground buildings, and you'd be surprised what comes up. And this is a really good book, actually. I flipped through it, and I love it where they, where they show you uh, what it looked like then and what it, looks like, what it looked like now. I was saying the other day that I'd had a look at the Hoban Empire pictures when Hoban had a big empire up by the station. And where it is now, there's an office block. But the buildings to the right are still exactly the same, with the exception they put a pret-a-manger, I think, underneath. And I think, God, that was the site of the famous Hoban Empire. You know, when London had... Yeah, he's repairing the coffee machine. All right. And, uh, and so when you look underneath Manchester, and there's probably the same underneath London. You know, people say that there are tunnels under Harrods. There's certainly the tunnels under Kingsway. And there's all the ones we know about, but there's probably loads of tunnels that we don't know about. And that's what fascinates me. So I bought the book... And it's actually an even bigger format than I thought it was going to be. It was probably about 15 quid or something like that. But well worth it when you think what's under your feet. I think up in Edinburgh they have the same. There's lots of tunnels and, and sort of used to be shops and things years ago. And under Clapham Common there's a huge, huge area where people were evacuated during the war. They use it for storing cars, I think, now. And uh, in Tottenham Court Road there's places. And then I get a, a thing the other day from a, from a Twickenham resident... And what he's done is he's compiled a list of uh, locations around the Twickenham area which were used for filming, because they use it a lot for filming. Here's a Twickenham resident, he tells me. His name's Austin Allen, and he's got all sorts of places. Uh, there's also loads of places on, that aren't on here that I know. They, they used um, Little Britain. They used something in uh, Church Street and up Heathrow. They used the former hairdressers up there. was used for... Um, 
a Nicholas Lindhurst programme. But he's got here Richmond uh, Theatre, used by all sorts of people. It starred in Finding Neverland, Bedazzled, the biopic Wild. Uh, it was also a nightclub in the craze. Tommy Steele, in Half a Sixpence, was filmed outside there. Uh, the Wolfman... And they've also shot things like Jonathan Creek, Drop the Dead Donkey, Birds of a Feather, the filming of the Beatles' Free as a Bird video. Uh, TV's Poirot was filmed at Litchfield Court. And, oh, there's just everything around there. It's really quite good, actually. And lots of people. They even did get Gary Lineker on the... Uh, just past the White Cross pub in Richmond for one of his crisp out. I'd have pushed him in the river. I'm sorry, I'd have pushed him in the river. I'm so bored with Gary Lineker. And uh, another one here. Uh, the Fast Show. They've used uh, uh, a hairdressing shop on the high street as well. And another one here, the City Barge Pub along Strand on the Green was seen as well as Post Alley in the Beatles film Help. Actually, he, ne- he doesn't mention here that uh, the Barmy Arms featured in the film, God, Dunkirk. And he says, in the American musical Goodbye, Mr Chips, Petula Clark and Peter O'Toole are seen strolling along a stretch of Strand on the Green. The Madness of King George... Filmed at Cyan Park and Conservatory. And uh, Gosford Park was filmed there as well. There's all tons of stuff. Part of the Avengers was filmed. They used all sorts of things. And uh, Marble Hill House, Ham House were filmed. Uh, Also, historic drama Daniel Deronda chose to film at Cyan Park, which doubles as a sanatorium. York House for the original Avengers series. And uh, the Swan Public House is where female rock fans saw when pin-up John Bon Jovi took a star rolling The Leading Man, which was filmed. Just everything. Absolutely everything. And uh, the Boots uh, commercial, I think, was filmed at Church Street because it's got the uh, the cobbled street. So they're, they're Marble Hill House, Ham House, oh, just loads of places. Hounslow Tube Station was used in a scene in Bend It Like Beckham. Osterley House appeared in The Duchess and Gunnersbury Park Museum starred in The Fruit Machine with Robbie Coltrane. Uh, other filming that took place there included Maggie Smith in From Time to Time, Ballet Shoes in the Act of the Christie adaptation, The 450 from Paddington. Tons of things. So thank you for that. They've also used Turk's launches. And I've been on the boat and I never realised until he told me here, the new Southern Bell is one of the Turk's launches that's based at Kingston Riverside and it's got fake funnels at the front. What did they use it for? Boy George's filming of Karma Chameleon, where they're on the riverboat and they're all dressed up. They use that one. So there you go. It also featured in the Harry Potter movie series. There you go, Jess. And the Jude Law film version of the sleuth Sherlock Holmes. Oh, blimey. How exciting. Good stuff there. So thank you, Austin Allen. He's got his own uh, blog. You can probably check it out, actually. But all the, all the different places, all the different places around and about the area. So, well done. Thank you very much. I like people who get involved with the, uh, with the local community and they put all this stuff in there. Meanwhile, Michael, the hairdresser, is still ploughing on, hoping to be finished by Tuesday, which I think is the 31st. And uh, it's getting a bit desperate at the moment, but I'm sure it'll be finished on time. Do pilots leave the landing lights on when they go to bed, says Joe the Courier. And uh, Stephen in Threatham... He says, I am the happy winner with the apple pack. I was the lowest bid. Wife is promised a full English, English breakfast every Sunday for three months if I won. So you know what I'll be having while you're working. He paid £2.59 for the iPod Touch, the Apple 3G iPhone and the iPad. He got it all for £2.59. 
The wife is now very happy. So, well done. Congratulations, uh, Stephen. He's a PH as well, so I'm all in favour of, of a PH. So, well done. Congratulations. I don't know what we, whether we got one this week. I don't know. But, I mean, that, it, was, it was a really good one, that one. Cherry Jaffa Cakes, says Angela. I can only speak for myself. Makes, uh, make fresh veg main course. Change my life. Balanced in weight. I wish I could lose some weight. I'm desperate. I've got to lose some weight quickly. I've decided, so I'm not going to eat the Jaffa Cakes. I did, ask, I did try one of them, and Jess tried a Jaffa Cake because they've got a cherry filling. And I said, are they really good? And she said, they're very cherry. So very good. Uh, I got sent a thing the other day from, uh, from, uh, from Decca Records. And uh, they've got a Robert Plant gig somewhere in London, a secret gig. Now, Robert Plant, I see walking around Twickenham. I think I'm the only one who knows it's Robert Plant. I feel like saying, hello, Robert. <laughs> we met some years ago, but I thought, you don't want to make yourself look stupid, do you? So I shan't, uh, I shan't say anything. But he, he does go to the fruit and veg shop. He does go to Paul, Paul Cooper's shop. But i tell you what they're bringing out as well. There's a new album from the central band of the RAF. It's to commemorate the 70th anniversary of the Battle of Britain, coincides with the 90th anniversary of the Battle of, uh, of the Band itself. And they've got uh, the Dam Busters March, Spitfire Prelude, 633 Squadron, Battle of Britain theme, and those magnificent men in their frying, flying frying machines. <laughs> it's a chip shop in the air. So that sounds good, doesn't it? The RAF central band, Reach for the Skies. You'll have to check it out. You can probably pre-order stuff like that. But that's not... I love a brass band. And Kerry Ellis has uh, got a new album out called Anthems, produced by Brian May. Now, of course, they both appeared on the Royal Variety a couple of years ago when I went to see them. Does Brian May support the Badger Foundation? I don't know. You think Badgers? I don't know, dear. Well, it looks like he's got a dead ferret on his head, so, I mean, he could be supporting the Barrett, the the Badger Foundation. And uh, Nathaniel Ratliff, in memory of loss, is a, a new album from him. He hails from the tiny town of Bay, Missouri. I bet you somebody like uh, like Dawn will know who he is. I never know these things. Pat and Dave from Isosceles. And uh, they have a website, if you want to know, because they're appearing at the Wimbledon studio. I told you about that Titanic piece. And their website is www.isosceles.biz, which is I-S-O-S-C-E-L-E-S dot biz. Apparently it's true. Brian May is campaigning to save the Welsh badger cull. Well, there you go. Do you know, in between that and saving the Scottish beaver, I think, you know, we've, we've just about really... We've helped a lot of people out this morning on the programme. We like to help people out. Oh, this was the good news I was going to tell you this morning, just in case you're getting fed up with living here. There's another place you can go to. It's a solar system that's been discovered that is more like ours than any other. It adds to the growing body of evidence that planets are widespread in the galaxy and boosts the chances of life elsewhere. Although their idea of life could be a droplet of water. It might not be anything else. Astronomers noted the star, a similar type to the sun, with up to seven planets orbiting, and it's only 127 light-years away in the constellation Hydra. You see, you want to go there already, don't you? I mean, you really, you're sitting there in bed thinking... Do you know, Steve, if there, was a, if there was a little time machine that was next to your bed that you could get into and then just push a little button and, and go to Hydra, a frying machine. <laughs> I like that idea. I like that idea. Because the only thing I ever remember of Hydra, isn't that the head of a woman with all these snakes coming off it? Isn't that the Hydra? Was that Medusa? <laughs> what was the Hydra then? I'm sure the Hydra was something like that. I'm sure the Hydra is definitely something like that. I'm, I'm very rarely wrong on these things. As you know, well, if I am, I never admit it. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Ian and Surbiton. It was a serpent-like water. I thought it was. I knew it was a serpent-type thing. Um, 
Uh, as for X Factor, just like ancient Rome, with the masses being entertained by victims, if you know what I mean. I love the X Factor. Though. I think Simon Cowell just does it brilliantly. I'm going to tell you the story, which is on the front page of a few of the papers this morning, about the X Factor. We'll do that after the news at uh, six o'clock, which is approaching at a bit. It's very dark this morning. It's very satanic. It's connection charge. Calls from mobiles may vary. Morning, everybody. It's Wednesday morning. It's LBC. It's August the 25th. For many people, it's payday. Hurrah! Hurrah! Because we're probably getting to that stage in the month where you're going, do you know, it's drag this month. When's the money coming in? Today, apparently, which is good. Very overcast, very dark, and it'll probably rain. I'll bring you the weather a little bit later on, because Richard Hakeo's uh, sent it to me. I can tell you the pollen count's low, so that's a bit good. But, uh, unfortunately, it's going to be a going to be a taking your brolly to work. Still to come... The mother of the X Factor hopeful, Shalina Johnson, hitting out last night after she was axed because of fears over her mental health. Simon Cowell is absolutely right, and we'll tell you why after the news, which is next. LBC 97.3. Morning, team. Welcome to Wednesday morning, LBC 97.3. Very overcast. It is going to rain, I'm afraid. And they say 50 millimetres of rainfall for London and the south-east this afternoon. So that's quite a lot of rain, 50... I don't know what 50 millimetres looks like. Did you hear the rain the other night when there no. were... I sleep, was... Jonathan. Oh. It was like a month's rain in, in a night. Filled up my water butt very quickly. Did it really? Yes, literally. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean I've, I've moved it, in, it's, it's, and it really it can fill up. I wish I'd put 100 of them out there. seems dreadful to waste all this water which just goes down the drain when you can save it and water your plants. Are the hanging baskets under some they've kind gone of awning? Now. They've gone. Oh, they've gone. Yes. Mr Vizzino has taken them. They've all gone. In fact, he actually keeps some of them and takes plants out, and then the rest he gives to an old people's home. Right. So they end up with all my all my hanging baskets, which, you know, is good for them. That's very good. And everybody's very happy. This is Jonathan Levi. Hello. I got here in about five minutes this morning. I had this driver, Martin, who, who whizzed through every red light and oh, we didn't, wrong turning. Did he? <laughs> the way he was an amazing driver. I've, I've, I've yet to explain to my drivers in the morning that when you go through Earl's Court, when it says you can't turn left here, underneath in small writing it's got for HGV drivers. My ones, uh, most of them English is not the first language, uh, ignore it. And so we end up, and then they think, wait a minute, I'm going the wrong way here. So they do a left, and then they suddenly rise at the top to get back onto the road by the museum. They've got to do an illegal right-hand turn. Right. So some of them do it, some of them go over the yeah. road, and then think, I need to get back. And they yeah. all get really confused by it. <laughs> so in future, you know, we go through Earl's Court, and then we do a left where it says, don't turn left, because you can. So we're now following the HGV route. Ridiculous. Anyway, now I must mention a couple of things. First of all, yeah. uh, from uh, from Richie, who says, I love the jokes yesterday. They were also all the one-liners from Tim Vine. Oh, they're funny, Which yeah. we thought were very, yeah, good, very good, actually. And he says, uh, I was en route to a lovely pub tea. I had peppered steak whilst my lightweight pal Sammy didn't finish her huge double burger. Eyes bigger than uh, belly. You mentioned starting at 8 on Monday and finishing at 10. But Christo's on 5 till 7. Well, it's uh, Michael Flatley. For an in-conversation. Excellent. What a great subject. Which is nice, actually. And as for Karen Gillan, I think she's gorgeous, but dresses far too demurely for my liking. And hi to Dawn and Noreen, who've been very supportive, as I've not been very well. And he says, Big Brother ends tonight. Good riddance. Oh, I can't bear that show so anymore. So glad it was finished. It but actually, it's still going. I, I, it's extraordinary yes. that it's still going. I mean, it will <laughs> soon be over, finally. Oh, thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord. I think what? because in this one, Davina's become a little bit more animated, jumping up and down like a demented woman. Well, she must be relieved that it's all coming to an end. You think so? Well, she's got pace quite well. I'm sure it does, but it's probably not much good for anyone. I like Johnny anymore. Johnny Irvin, 
who presents one of these holiday programmes. Oh. And he's actually quite a good natural presenter. And I'm delighted to say that they sort of, they finally spotted that and they're giving him some other bits and pieces. Oh, that's good. So that's, I think he does a place in the country with, with various people. Anyway, rain, uh, weather for today, sunny start, cloudy with showers, heavy. Then heavy rain through the night, becoming lighter towards dawn. 19 centigrade today, currently it's 12 and the pollen count's low. So take your umbrella, because to be honest with you, you're going to absolutely get, you know, drenched. get drenched. Did you bring an umbrella? Not today. Why not? Well, I don't know. I meant to. I forgot. And I, and I lost my hat. I have to go and buy lost your hat, hat as well. See, look, I've got my little umbrella with me. Oh, that's very small. It is very small. A I know. Umbrella. It is. It, it, it does. It does go to normal size. That could practically fit in a jeans pocket. Well, it fits into my jacket pocket. Yeah, very. I nice. bought it in. Uh, where did I buy it from? Boots, I think. Oh, I don't yes. normally go to Boots. I've normally used goods, the chemist. And I, I hope they do umbrellas as well. But it's just small enough, because you don't want to take a big umbrella with you. Well, no, this and is this one, trouble. I've only fit. got one of those very large ones that you have to walk around, you know, swinging. You need something small like Singing mine, Jonathan. Much easier. Much easier. Much easier. Anyway, now, you might have a thought on this, yes. because the X Factor makes the front of uh, most of the papers today. And this is after uh, Shalina Johnson uh, was dropped. Simon Cowell phoned her. And said, listen, I think it's probably better, because they had the trouble with Susan Boyd. We don't like the coffee. Oh, it's lovely, right. it's just very hot. Very hot. I know. <laughs> it's got hotter recently, this coffee, I've noticed. But um, they then, they were waiting for medical reports to come back. She's already been filmed for a few shows. Yeah. So they kind of stuck with it. Um, her GP was on holiday, they've said. Simon Calfondra said, listen, I'm ever so sorry. Her mother has now hit out at the programme, saying it's cruel. They've built up her hopes, only to dash them again. Yes, that was before they knew that she had a history, and it, it's, it's safer for them, and it's well done to Simon Cowell, for goodness sake, for actually sort of spotting that there could potentially be a problem and knock it on the head. She will no doubt now sell every story under the sun because it started already, and um, I actually think that it's, it's, it's better that she's not on the programme. Well, I think they've done the right thing. Absolutely. The you would do is... the same if you were producing that programme. Well, you're caught in a double bite. You, you sort of lose either way, don't you? If, you if, if, on the one hand, you take on someone like her and uh, you're aware of her um, mental illness as, as she goes along. I mean, anyone could see from her audition that she was slightly balmy. Yeah, well, that's what he said. Peculiar. Simon Cowell said that. He said, you're fantastically you're, mad yeah. or something. So, I mean, she was behaving very erratically and, and seemed quite peculiar. But, you know, it was sort of funny and she seemed sort of across it. But if, if you were aware of that as you, as you went on, you have a duty of care over them and you did nothing, then you'd be blamed for manipulating yes. and so on. But, but now, of course, they'll be blamed for dropping her because that's mean to drop her. I mean, it's sort of get blamed either way, but I think they've done the right thing. Yes. Because she seems mad. Yes. And shows like this are stressful, I think, to be in. Well, put it this way, get if she's actually and... stressed at this stage, I wonder what it's going to be like further down the line. Exactly. These are pre-recorded shows. Imagine being in a live show. Yes, yes. Well, you know, Susan Boyle ended up terrifying. going to the Priory for a while, so I think that in, in this case they've actually done it. There was no, there's no underlying uh, story here, apart from the fact that they're looking after the welfare of people and saying, listen, you know, it's a competition that's going to be a lot more stress and it's best that we don't take it any further. So terribly sad. She's also just been dropped from Miss, Miss GB, apparently, because she lied about her age. You lied about her age. She's 30 and you had to be under 29 or something. Right. She mad. hid her mental illness from the ITV show producers. Um, psychiatrists have said that um, she's got problems that could affect her, her ability to care for her daughter. Um, yeah. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, you know, she needs to look after her daughter. Being in a TV talent show has to be secondary to that. Strange enough, Philip Hodson uh, says, everybody who competes in a show like this is either talented, self-obsessed, or both. The thing that jarred with uh, Shalina's audition was when she was talking about her little girl. Dermot 
asked, is she going to go off on one? And she replied, if she does, it quietens down after a while. Right. As if you could ignore it and let her wail or be miserable. Philip, so it's Philip Hodson. He used to be on Robbie Vincent's Nightline. He did, yes. Philip Hodson used to be with LBC yeah. many, many years ago. Very good. Many, many years ago. Um, so, well, well done to Simon Cowell. Yeah, well You've done, done the right Simon thing. Cowell, done the right thing. But uh, as as always, it'll it'll rebound and people will be going, oh, isn't it a shame he's dashed her hopes? Listen, best that she, she leaves now, you know, being let down gently than getting a bit further down the line. That's the second X Factor sort of... Uh, new story in the last couple of days, isn't it? We had the auto-tune one the other day. And yes. I thought, as soon as that came out, you've been talking about that for years. I know. You've been talking about auto-tune and using that word and exactly that thing for years and years. And the other day, all the newspapers and all the news bulletins caught up and said what you've been saying for years. Yes. So Sky did a little thing all about auto-tune. The BBC did a little thing about They're all now going down to studios, yeah. taking all the reporters down there to go, this is me singing normally, this is me on auto-tune. So I've been... In fact, uh, we nearly... nearly uh, four years ago, we nearly, at the show at Croydon, put an auto-tune in to prove to people that I could sing a song. In the end, we got Richard Hakey, who sings naturally and is brilliant. But I was going to sing for an auto-tune, and in yeah. the end, we couldn't be bothered to buy the programme. Yeah. But so we've been doing it for ages. It comes as no surprise to me. It could be the Steve Allen Christmas CD this year. Oh, Steve Allen nice. auto-tuned. <laughs> I think he's done something to the coffee machine. It's so blooming hot now, coming out of the machine. It never used to be this cool. hot. You could drink a whole cup <laughs> of coffee. It's, to- it's so hot, you can't drink it. I think he's fiddled about with his thermostat. Uh, nice to see the Duchess of, uh, of York on her eighth foreign break of the year, staving off bankruptcy. It's so nice to see she's really making an effort on her eighth little jolly. This was um, the launch of some new... somebody's birthday, I think, that she happened to know. Uh, once they know she's got no money. Uh, it, apparently, it's, it's, it's only a couple of nights. It's not a holiday, it's a party. Because of that, they say, it's not going to be costing her any money. What, she didn't take a present? How mean. <laughs> but here she is, the Duchess of Pork, uh, on, on another break, because she doesn't do anything. And she's not really doing, doing anything at all. I feel a bit sorry for her, really, in a way, because she's been picked on by everybody. But she's her own worst enemy, like the woman who shoved the tabby cat in the wheelie bin. 16 past six. News headlines, Sam Pittis. His charity, Help a London Child. Morning, everybody. 6.20 years of time. Miranda and Ben are still together. Ben in Auckland, Miranda in Melbourne. They both miss me, which is quite nice, but at least they're listening. If only you featured in the audience figures. As I say, they go up, 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 up. But uh, you get people writing from abroad and you think, but you don't feature in the figures. No. Well, there are such people listening all around the world, aren't exactly. they? Exactly. Uh, morning, Chief. Bit chilly this morning, says Mark the Bailiff. He's obviously going out on a repo. Mm. You can just tell, can't you? And uh, because Jonathan Levi is here today... Uh, which is good news. He, he's had a look at the woman who shoved the tabby in the wheelie bin, but her Mary Bale's mum uh, says uh, she loved cats, and as far as I was concerned, she's the most caring person you could ever wish to meet. Have you seen the uh, the video footage of your daughter picking up a cat and throwing it into a bin? And that's a caring woman, is it? You're as barking as your daughter is, I'm afraid. What's the matter with these people? I mean, she's obviously completely mad. She's completely mad. And then somebody says here she was was in a choir. She was once a member of the Birmingham Bark Choir. Fellow chorister Celia Potts says, um, I can't imagine the Mary I knew doing such a thing. Well, she has. She's a cat-hating sadist. She's a cat-hating sadistic woman who picked up a cat and threw it in a bin. I mean, you know, you could, I could understand it if people thought it'd just been made up, but they've got her on CCTV. So it's no good asking some batty 67-year-old whether or not that's in keeping with her. What's she doing? I mean, if she, if she did, they'd have gone, well, in the choir. She came and used to pick them up and throw them out the window. 
She also you know, didn't kick the cat to begin with no. and start shouting and screaming at the cat. She went, oh, puss, 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 yeah. puss. She stroked says, it, got its trust, and yeah. threw it in the bin. Yes, absolutely. Fifteen hours. The However... The cat was stuck, and she says she thought the cat would escape from the bin. It was just a bit of a joke. It's not a joke. She's very stupid, sad. About Small it. wonder she's single. Small wonder she's single. 45 with a balmy mother, and the mother has defended her. I mean, I, I can't actually see, l- looking at whichever angle this comes from, how you can defend somebody who picks up a cat and throws it in a bin. It's like, you know, she couldn't have done any worse had she sort of held it underwater in a puddle or something. No. You know, it wouldn't be any worse. In fact, no, they'd be equally as bad, I'm afraid. You're a rather stupid woman, Mary Bale, 45, but looking about 90, I'm afraid. I couldn't care less whether she was in a choir or whether, you know, she was the best collector in the church. I'm not really interested. And she hides behind this rather sort of blue-stocking, Susan Boylish, yeah. frumpy exterior, but in fact she's a sadistic, animal-hating maniac. Yes, I mean, I... Because it makes you wonder, you know, whether these people do these things time and time again. Perhaps she's been... Ra- perhaps, you know, well, other people... Well, I think look, that looked like somebody that had... Do you think she'd done it before? before. That, looked like, that didn't look like the first time she'd <laughs> given a... She's... Yes, check your bins. If you hear it... You know, it, it could be a cat sitting in there. Especially in the middle of Coventry. Bale, the Coventry moggy mauler, is at it again. I love this. So her mother insisted the unmarried bank clerk loved cats. Loved cats. And has even Loves kept them as pets. Cats. Yeah, she likes putting them in bins, dear. Does it not occur to you as a child? You know when she used to put things in little boxes, you know? Oh, no, it wasn't her that sent in that thing about how to wash the cat, was it, in the <laughs> toilet? Quite, quite like washing the cat in the toilet. It's one of our favourite things. David says, say hello to me and wish me luck as I start a 400-mile charity run on behalf of muscular dystrophy, finishing in 10 days. Oh, lovely. Very there good. you go. <laughs> uh, lots of tunnels under Earl's Court Stadium, says D. If the council has its way, the whole thing's going to be blown up. Yeah, because they want to put flats on the site of Earl's Court. I don't know why. We've had some great times at Earl's Court. There's a tunnel under the old Westminster Hospital. It goes from building to building, says Martin. And uh, Michael says, my mum and nan says I was the ugliest baby ever born. There you go. Well, nothing changes then, does it? You know, I remember saying to my mother, she didn't come good looking. She went, no. Felt a bit disappointed after that. But uh, unfortunately, this poor woman here, working for the bank. Do you think it's working for the Royal Bank of Scotland? And they went, you're going to be Santander. And she went, oh, I'm going to go and get a cat. Over the edge. <laughs> it should be a criminal offence, though, shouldn't it? The trouble is the police can't do anything because she hasn't no. actually committed an offence. Apparently, you can put a cat in a bin with impunity. You yes. go around putting every cat in your neighbourhood in a bin and get away with it. See, and yet the police uh, be an offence. are actually protecting her because she's... Ha- I mean, I can't understand. Some people have called for her death on Facebook. Obviously, they're mad. Some rather stupid, ignorant people. They said a rude word then, actually. Because <laughs> there's, no, there's no explanation for people who... But hopefully they'll be identified and the police will be prosecuting them because it is illegal to make a death threat to somebody, whether or not you know it or not. If you actually say something like that, the police will drag you into court and you will go to prison. So that, that's straightforward. You know, you can't be that thick. They can't be that thick and you can't, you be, you can't believe in vigilantism no. or anything like that. But, I mean, all the cats in the neighbourhood should turn on her, really. I mean, they, all, all, the, I said. all the cats, all, all the tomcats, all the big, tough cats from on all around, around. See how she likes doorstep, that. We through the letterbox. I think that'd be quite some big cat if it managed to do that. They I could mean, stand on top of each other's backs. They could. It could be like a cartoon. And then one of them could wee through the letterbox. One could hold it open. The cat, the cat-hating woman from Coventry. Actually, I can almost see this. It's a, it's a bit like a Disney cartoon, but the cat's all balancing precariously on top. The top one's going. <laughs> Are you ready yet? No, yeah. wait, 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 wait! Don't fall backwards. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, how lovely. Yeah. Uh, George Michael, prison or not prison? What, for, the, for, for crashing into Snappy Snap? For crashing into Snappy Snap, but this is his sixth. He's just got to stop driving. He is so rich, George Michael. Why can't he afford a driver? Well, because the driver is going, I'm not driving you up the heath again, OK? I don't want to sit in the car park while you wander off. Well, well then we need drivers on shifts, then. We need a fleet of drivers. So they he can needs to stop smoking cannabis. He's, needs to stop he has cut down. He can smoke cannabis, but just stop driving. Yeah. But, I mean, I he mean, can't smoke cannabis legally. I mean, he shouldn't Is smoke it not cannabis. legal? I don't think it's legal. And no, he shouldn't smoke oh. cannabis. See, I don't know. I mean, what but, do I know? But he shouldn't smoke cannabis and then drive. No. But probably smoking cannabis, I should imagine, makes you think that you can drive. No. And to be honest with you, if you're going to drive into anything, Snappy Snaps is as good a building. I mean, it's kind of yellow and it's in front of you. Well, and it's I must like say, I take an umbrage at that shop front. Exactly. The shop front drives you <laughs> it mad, drives doesn't it? mad. I've Snappy never Snaps, I'll show front. you. <laughs> so he obviously just took against it, and it is kind of irritating. But he's, he's done it again. He's got to stop driving around. He, he is down from 25 joints a day to seven or eight. Seven or eight joints a day. That's a day. An awful lot. I don't know. I mean, well, I, I, you know, I got addicted like lot, to Hallib orange tablets once, and I was doing, I think, about seven a week. Right. You know, I thought lot, that was yeah. pretty serious stuff. Yeah. I love the way, though, that on the, on the snappy snaps, when they boarded it over, somebody wrote on it, wham. <laughs> it was very funny. Sorry about that, Snappy Snaps. But, you know, but he turned up in court for a scrummage, you know, and there's every press photographer under the sun taking pictures of some bonehead on, you know, who smokes joints. Yeah. Seven or eight a day. I mean, I, I don't know anything about smoking marijuana. I can't bear the smell of it. We used to have a woman here who used to smell... I used to think it was cannabis, but it wasn't. It was a herbal cigarette, and they yeah. smell equally revolting. Yeah. And... Um, and and people in pubs used to go, excuse me, I think you, you, know, you should go outside. And she'd go, no, it's herbal. So she had to get the packet out and show them. Oh, really? It was Jonathan Levi, incidentally. The story the other day about the, the money at the cash point, it was you. Oh, uh, it was me. Oh, yeah. somebody who was on Dean Street. Yes. Yeah, somebody tried to do that scam. It's very clever. Excuse me, is that your £10 on the floor? No, nope, yeah. I'll put my foot on it. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, very We clever. like that. There's, there's gangs doing that all around. There's gangs everywhere. Yeah, I'm frightened to go out now. There's gangs everywhere. And very Terrible. clever street tricks. Yeah. yeah cons and things. They're getting cleverer and cleverer. Watch anybody who gets on a bus or a tube with a coat over their arm in rush hour. Yeah, absolutely. Because chances are the coat is covering the other hand going into your pocket and they yeah. target people. There's that awful thing I was watching the other, the other day, people crashing into the back of people in order yes. to, um, you know, claim on the insurance and then pretend that they've got medical negligence case and, and stuff. That's yeah. why your insurance costs, well, not you because you don't drive, but I mean, people like me. Although That's his, why... yours went down. You got shopped around. Yes, I shopped around and I managed to get it down, save £500. Good. I thought, you know, I'd, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I don't believe these insurance companies. Oh, we looked around everywhere and checked with our panel of insurance. Well, quite clearly you didn't, did you? Because it took me but ten minutes. Perfect. Offer ends 5th of September at your local Sony Centre. Conditions apply. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3 and the time now 6.30. Thank you very much indeed. 26 minutes to, uh, to 7. Well, Sam, yesterday you picked a... Non-runner. Oh, well, I didn't pick it. So there you go. Well, when it doesn't matter. When it's a non-runner, I didn't pick yeah, it. All right. right. He did stop the slide to £90, says Alex, but he won't see any profit that way. So take 10. Didn't. You didn't lose £2, so you're still £81.88. However, mm. Baralaka oh, yeah. for Alex won. Mm. Tote returned £6.40. Profit £4.40. Total profit now 
£60 a team. I can't do anything, really, but stand back and applaud. I know. I mean, it's, it's just embarrassing, isn't it? But I, th- I think we should be positive. I hate negative people who say, oh, you know, you shouldn't applaud somebody because he's got £60 a team. So that's he's very done good. well. He's had a few winners lately. He has. He's, he's very clever. He knows how to put his finger on it, as they say. He could pick mine for me. Yes, well, well, that would kind of defeat the object. <laughs> yeah, on the odd time right. that you did pick the same one, though, you both had the winner, didn't you? Yeah. So that was very good. He's off to Brighton today. He says, we'll be standing on the line to see him coming home in front. And this is the 3.30 at Brighton Honoured. The what? 3.30 at Brighton Honoured. Honoured. Mm. Yes. Well, five race meetings. Air, Banger on D, Brighton, Catterick and Foss Lass. Uh, we're going to Brighton as well. An hour later, the 4.30 at Brighton and uh, Cole Pepper. Cole Pepper? Cole Pepper. Cole? Cole. 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 Cole Pepper. Oh, right. C-O-L-E. E. P-E, Cole and then Pepper. it's a single P-E-R. So it could, be, it could be Cole Pepper, I, I suppose. I get confused because... Collie Pepper. Thomas Culpepper was the one who was executed for having uh, a relationship with the former Queen of England, and she was executed as well at the Tower of London. He was executed out on Tower Hill. And, in fact, she had to sit there and watch while his body was brought back in, minus the head. Mm, doesn't say much on my horse, does doesn't it? Say That's what it's named horse, after. It? I'm terribly sorry. No. No, but good luck. Thanks, Steve. Good luck. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, Steve. Thanks for that. As Sam Pitters. Very good, isn't it? Uh, what was I going to mention, actually? Oh, yes, Nick Ferrari this morning, Phil Dampier, Royal Commentator, will be in looking at the, uh, the papers this morning. Uh, plus, after the report into the terror attack in Northern Ireland concluded there was a cover-up to protect a priest suspected of being one of the IRA's masterminds, Nichols will be speaking to one of the victims of the cloudy bombing. Plus, after the Prime Minister announced the birth of a baby girl on Tuesday, Nick will be asking a 39-year-old mum what advice she can give Samantha Cameron. Well, she's already had three children, hasn't she? So I think she, it should be the other way round, I should imagine. It's what they're going to call the child, I think. It's, it's whether or not, you know, it's going to have a Cornish name. Enid, apparently, was one of them, which is quite a, quite a popular. It's my auntie Enid as well. well. She's balmy as a fruitcake, I'm afraid. But, I mean, at least she's, she struggles on, bless her, in her own little world, which she's quite happy in. Uh, where are the Queen's Theatre photos, says Lee? Uh, if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, Friday's blog, last Friday's blog, on there, and they're on my Twitter. So if you click on the Twitter link, there's a link to lovely Chris Christodoulou, and so far, I think about 37, 30, 40,000 of you have, uh, have accessed the page and had, a, and had a look at the photos. There's about 100 photos. There are 30 on the LBC website, and I think there's a, a 100 on Chris's website, but the link is on my Twitter page and on the blog on Friday. Jonathan. Geeks of the world take a bow because women adore you. Forget Brad and George. Women love a geek, apparently. In a survey of almost 3,000 women, almost three quarters say that they were more attracted to men who understand gadgets and technology than blokes that spend their time keeping themselves fit. This is, of course, organised and paid for, this survey, by 24-7 technology support service Geek Squad. So it's not reliable, is it? No. Although, actually, strange enough, Beverly wrote to me... And she's been listening for ages and ages because she lives in uh, Gantz Hill, or Gantz Hell, as she calls it now. And she says one of the, the show's highlights for me is the gadget guru. His 30 minutes fly by too fast. Wow. And then somebody's just written and saying, Jonathan Levi makes me laugh. His humour is so subtle, he should be on more. Cat's wing in letterboxes made me perfectly giggle aloud. <laughs> I don't think it's intentional, actually, Lynn. <laughs> uh, is this the woman who'd been the cat, cat catatonic says Brian in Hampton Hill can you mention the cream which helped with your eczema says Tommy well it was it's this coconut butter cocoa butter oh good for eczema is it well I think it's been very good for mine oh, really? it has to be said and it's um, you get a big about three quid or something you get a big squeezy bottle of yeah. it 
and I just put it. I use it everywhere. It smells quite nice. As well, it does smell it? quite nice. Is it Palmer's nice. cocoa butter? Or well, they do a few. There's a few. No, there? there's quite a few of them. I've heard of the Palmer's one. This is. It's, this might be something Australian for some reason. I don't know why, but I use it on elbows, arms, and other places, and uh, it's quite good. Very soothing. Very soothing, and does smell quite nice. But if you've got dry skin, an eczema can be such a pain for a lot of. It doesn't work for everybody. But I've, I've tried the E45 creams, I've tried tubs of this, I've tried this cream, that cream, and none of it's worked. have eczema these days, don't they? Maybe it's something yeah. in, the, in the water or the environment or something. I don't know, it drives me mad. You go to get your hair cut and they go, oh, you've got some eczema coming up again. You go, oh, no. So every morning I try and remember to put it on, which, yeah. is, uh, which is good. So, Tommy, hope that helps. You can find it in most chemists. Go to, go to your local chemist and ask them. Lynn says it was just as well it wasn't been emptying that day. Yeah. You know, I never thought about that. That's true. Never thought about that. So if the cat had been in there and they wheel it round the back, they clip it onto the back of the thing and it just goes up and tips it in. The next minute, yes, you're right, actually. I mean, would she have been prosecuted if the cat would have died? Half those bin men wear earphones listening to probably LBC or whatever. They're not thought about that. Concentrating. Yes, if that was... Yes. Oh, dear. Thank goodness it lived. She should be done for attempted murder. Yes. Murder of a cat. Murder of a cat. I don't cat. know if you can be. Well, you can't be at the moment, but I think they need to change the law. Ridiculous. So she can be prosecuted. Utterly ridiculous, I'm afraid. Anyway, this survey basically means that people fancy Darren Tosser more than they fancy Brad Pitt. Well, that's stupid. I've never done anything so ridiculous in my entire life. So there we go. Oh, the good news is a Mars bar is going to be good for you after next week. Is it? Yes. What, they're doing a healthy Mars bar? Yes, the iconic chocolate bar will contain 15% less saturated fat from next month. I think that about crisps sometimes, when they say 40% less salt. How much salt was there in before? Loads, loads. It's also, and they go, you know, and this is 90% less fat. You think, don't be so silly, it's a crisp. Yeah. They're, 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 they're fried, aren't they? Yeah. This will be 260 calories. For the Mars bar? Yeah. So I wonder how much it would be if it was battered. A battered Mars bar? Well, but, who has that? But, Oh, you've not... Tell me you've not had a deep-fried Mars bar. Oh, no. no. Tell well, me you I have had one once. You have not? Yeah. A, nice. a battered Mars bar? Deep-fried Mars bar? Have you never had one? Okay. Hello, do I... Well, actually, I'll probably do look as I've had one. No, I can't They're think... very nice. Oh, dear. No, really? It's like deep-fried ice cream. Deep-fried... No, 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 we don't. Oh, it's no. delicious because it's crispy and hot, and then you cut into it, and then it's really cold inside still. It's absolutely delicious. My mother used to do baked Alaska. Well, that's like that same like principle. that. She just, but that was covered in meringue and then put in the oven. Yeah, hot and cold. Yeah, very nice. Quite mad, my mother was. I'm afraid. I don't know what she put us through these things for. Oh. As I say, the sherry trifle was the was the highlight. Oh, we like sherry trifle. Oh, we love sherry trifle. I remember trifle. that as a child, sort of having a bit the next day if my yes. parents had had a dinner party yes. or something and there being sherry trifle in the <laughs> fridge and sneaking down and oh. eating some. And a little teaspoon you put... A if I have spoon, a little teaspoonful, yeah. they won't notice. Oh, it's the sherry. Oh, yeah. I feel drunk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't really, but we just, we just sort of used to pretend that we were drunk. Yeah. Lloyd the Welsh lad and uh, Daniel the teacher from the other year are touring together. That'll be nice. And, uh, and have you seen the book? I haven't seen the book you mentioned, but Stockport has a honeycomb of tunnels where people could be evacu- evacuated... Oh, really? And yeah. so I've got this this one here, which is, this is... Below sorry. Manchester. This is below Manchester. It's got all these sort of places. Going deep under the city. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? I love Manchester. stuff like that. Oh, very interesting. I like yeah. the, but the people listening who were probably evacuated during the war, and they, they went underground in London, the railway stations and things like that. I once went, because I was making a programme about it, to Blanau Festiniog in the middle Not of Blanau Wales. Not Blanau Festiniog. Blanau Festiniog. Oh, 
and in the middle of Blanau Festiniog <laughs> is uh, is it's it's um, salt mines and 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 so oh. on. But there's big sort of huge mountains and tunnels underneath, and that's where all the art from the National Gallery was taken right, during yes. World War Two, and it was taken to Blanau Festiniog and hidden underneath the mountain. And we went in and saw where it was hidden. And then once a week they would bring one picture back in a lorry. Um, sorry, once a month. It was called Picture of the Month. And a lorry would go from Blanau Festiniog to the National Gallery and they would display one picture a month in the National Gallery for people to come and see. And there was a pianist that would play and people would come and see one picture. So if the National Gallery was bombed, then only one picture would be destroyed oh, and the wow. nation's collection would still be safe underneath the mountain. Good Lord. It it's National Gallery's Picture of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> How nice. I, said, I remember reading about that, actually, somewhere else. Somebody was telling me about all the artwork that was yeah, stored. it was all taken. In there. I suppose you'd have to, wouldn't you, really? Well, no one's going to bomb Wales, let's face it. They're not, actually. I mean, this is the thing. They thought it was absolutely the safest bet. No German would ever could be bothered to go there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sure, there's some jokes at home. Off to see Wicked tonight with my friend's daughter as part of Kids Week. Say hello to Noreen. Glad she's back online, says Bridget. So uh, at least she's back there. Uh, Steve, they have organised tours of Manchester Underground. And last Saturday, we took the tour. Very interesting, very limited in what they show you. Last year, Keith Warrender gave her a talk and a slideshow, which was excellent. He's the man who's done the, uh, the book. Oh. Isn't it amazing? You mentioned something in LBC, and somebody's, somebody's been and done it. So tell your friends. Uh, as always, says Bernie, uh, reaching planets one light year equals travelling at a speed of 186,000 miles per second. It would take one year, and, and one light year actually is six trillion miles away. Well, it's very complicated, I'm afraid. So, so, in other words, we aren't going to be visiting this new solar system. Anytime soon. It's too far, I'm afraid. <laughs> Simon says, I swapped my bed for a trampoline. My girlfriend hit the roof. OK, now, it's, uh, it's a goodie, it's a quickie, but uh, that's what we like on this programme. We don't have enough time to do, uh, to do lots of sort of things like that. On the cat in the bin, Darren says, it would uh, serve the silly old bag in Coventry right if the animal right people gagged her and put her in a large industrial bin. Unfortunately, I don't think we can advocate any sort of violence towards her, even though she's immensely stupid. Um, I think, as, uh, as was, was raised, you know, the idea is, thank God it wasn't bin-collecting day, because the cat would be no more. It would be in those machines, emptied in there, and then it would just be terrible. So thank goodness for that, that the cat is, uh, is well and happy and just avoids old ladies, you know, in future. See an old lady run like hell. Call it to say this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Yes, Paul in Manchester, you are right. I never used to sing a song about a crocodile, but we did uh, used to play a little song about a crocodile, and it was uh, Crocodile. And I can't remember who it was by now. A little, little German lad, I think, who was about seven, singing about the crocodile, which we played on the programme. <laughs> and it did very well. Cathy is in Rome, apparently. Beautiful day, no umbrellas needed. No, but she'll swelter in the heat over there. It's terrible. And... Um, if David Cameron wants to use a Cornish name, why not call her Pasty? Says Dave the Roofer, who's probably destined to be a roofer for the rest of his life with quick one-liners like that. Jonathan. Yesterday's evening standard, somebody overheard Sean Williams and Bill, Bill Turnbull from BBC Breakfast bemoaning their fate being sent to Manchester. Not wanting <laughs> they to don't go. want to go. They don't want to go. <laughs> they don't want to go. <laughs> they might have to move BBC Breakfast. So many BBC programmes are now being moved, the production teams, to either Manchester or to Glasgow. Yes. And none of the people want to go. Oh, I know lots so of programmes are made in, in Glasgow. Up there. I think Dale's made in Glasgow. Right. Where they used to be made in London. Yeah. 
but you can make them in Glasgow. Is it cheaper then, I suppose, to make up there? It's a BBC uh, remit to make a certain amount of programmes outside London to show that they're not metropolitan and, and London-focused. You know, the whole thing's such a joke because, of course, they pay people from London to fly up to Glasgow, record a programme and fly all the way back. They pay their relocation allowances, their rents here, contribution towards their mortgage. So that's all coming out of our money. It's all coming out of the licence fee. So, and they can, on publicly, they can say that they're making programmes outside London, they're not so London-centric, whereas, in fact, they're just spending even more money yes. making these programmes. So, so what they're going to do with sort of their, their breakfast shows and all the rest of it, they're going to move everybody to Manchester yeah. and they will do all their radio programmes there, their TV programmes, yeah. and so they will close down Television Centre. Yeah, well, there's a place in Salford, isn't it? I think it's Media City or whatever right. it's called. They're trying to create a sort of hub or it sort of exists already, God. really, but they're just enlarging it and enlarging oh, well. it. So well, what will they do with Television Centre? Flats? Or yeah, pull it down? Are they allowed to pull it down? I thought it would I be protected. Know. Well, there's still... In, a lot of programmes will come out of London. Lots of departments yeah. will be from here, so no doubt they'll... Sort of Interesting. Interesting. We shall watch that one carefully. Uh, Daily Star, as, as I say, they, they, they've gone overboard on the Big Brother people. A uh, load of old has-beens, I'm afraid. And Ricky Gervais, um, big in Hollywood, but they say... But his family think I'm fat and talentless. Um, why, should he, why should he worry? No, he's making he's, so much money. He's so much money. Now, Absolutely. Loads and loads. Loads and loads. Ringo Starr, um, his birthplace is going to be demolished. Yes. Much to the excitement of all the residents and uh, population of Liverpool who hate him. Um, as he said in 2008 to Jonathan Ross that he missed nothing about his home city, um, which the people of Liverpool didn't take very well. Yeah. Um, so as he's turned their back on, he's turned his back on them, they, they, uh, they're going to pull his house down. Oh, shame. Yeah, shame. shame. Was he born in a house then? Is that, or is that where he lived in his, in his sort of young days? Nine Madryn Street. I guess it was where he was born. Oh, probably forms part of a tour, I should imagine. Not anymore. No. Poor soul. Uh, cheeky newcomers, The Wanted, plan to outshine Robbie Williams at the Help for Heroes charity gig next month. They're going to flash their peachy bums on horseback. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. They're going to... Uh, fans of the... Uh, at the September the 12th concert at Twickenham Stadium will be in for a treat, says Max George. The 21 says, we've heard everybody's pulling the stops out with their performance, so we'll arrive on horseback just wearing backless pants. I don't want any of that kind of malarkey going on at Twickenham Stadium. Thank you very much indeed. Good Lord. Tom Conti's not very happy. He's um, in Saga magazine. He's turning into a grumpy old man. <laughs> He's very angry because where he lives was extremely quiet in Hampstead and now the silence is shattered by the most hellish machine, the leaf blower. Oh. They ruin every day. They're used in the grounds all around the area. It used to be a peaceful neighbourhood and he's furious about it. Doesn't like leaf blowers, Tom Conti. Well, Mr Fazzino does all our cleaning. He has a... He has a, a, a leaf blower thing. Yeah. Doesn't make any difference. Doesn't matter. But perhaps he needs double glazing. I mean, how else do you get the leaves out of the gutter? I don't know. You I don't know, actually. Pick them all up one by one. It will take forever. Yes. It is true. It is true. Perhaps you get that woman that, that tortures cats to go and pick up some leaves. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. In fact, nobody's liking this woman at all. It's dreadful, really, I'm afraid. 84850, steve at uk. Eight minutes to go. Suzanne Shaw... It's featured in the Daily Star today on the joy of being bad in Emmerdale. Yes, you really are bad, actually. I would have thought they'd have employed somebody who was a better actress, but yeah. at least you admitted that you're bad. I mean, you are terrible. There's no two ways about it. Even with sort of camera angles and trying not to put you on screen as much, it's not really helping. I hate to admit it, but Kim Marsh is doing a little bit better over in, over in um, Coronation Street. It's amazing how people automatically think they can be an actress. I'm afraid, Suzanne, for you, it's not 
not working at all. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure people will be sort of helping you out as much as they can. But it's, it's just an embarrassment to people who've gone through a, gone through a, a training scheme, I think. Uh, other stories in the papers today. Uh, a mum and her three-year-old son were fighting for their life after a visit to a, a zoo turned into a tragedy. They were sitting under a tree and the tree fell down on oh, them. Oh, no. You know, like you don't expect it. Uh, the zoo is owned by uh, Anna Ryder Richardson, the former I'm a Celebrity contestant and the Changing Rooms host. And she was uh, one of the first people on the scene, so they flew them to hospital. It's a 52-acre animal park owned by Anna and husband Colin. And they're absolutely devastated. We just don't expect trees to come crashing down. We talked about that the other day, people claiming compensation. And uh, some woman sitting, I think, up on Clapham Common, and a, a branch fell off a tree. So she sued the council. Did she make some Successfully. Money? Really? Because the, uh, they ruled in court, and we have turned into America for the compensation culture. Yeah. They said that the council should have pruned the trees. Well, of course, with all the cutbacks, the council said we don't have enough money to keep pruning the trees. Spend enough money trying to get people to sweep the roads. The 33 miners trapped underground in Chile, um, they've been just having tuna, tinned milk and biscuits. Oof, and they're trying to make three tunnels, one for ventilation, one yeah. for food and one for... They're still alive. Food. They're still alive. One's got a yeah. tummy, up, tummy upset, but the others are OK. Um, they're in a room, there's 33 of them, they're in a room the size of a living room. They haven't told them, apparently, that it's going to take them four months to get them out. No. No. Four months? Four months. It'll (gasps) take four months. Well, they're not going to be alive in four months, are they? they? I mean, they're sending food and everything down there. They're they're building ventilation shafts. Four months. They're going to be stuck there for four months to get them out. Oh, you feel sorry for these miners. They're debating uh, above ground. Doctors and psychological experts are debating how to keep them sane. Um, and how they're going to keep them Jigsaw going. Jigsaw is always fairly good. I think not telling them is probably the right thing to do at the moment. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be told it was four months, because each day they can think that tomorrow they might get out. Yeah, Sudoku, apparently, the producer says. Sudoku, yeah. Yes, that'll keep them busy. That keeps the brain active. Or maybe a television. Yeah, or an internet or radio. Or an internet radio. They could listen to this programme. We can go, it's going to be four months. Oh, no, no, we're not saying oh, anything. No. Sorry, we'll sorry. let the cat out the bag four there. Months. Oh, sorry, oh, back no, to the cat, cat story. <laughs> not the cat story. <laughs> the trouble is that they, they, they treat these miners really badly. They earn so little money. They couldn't care. Do you remember that awful story of the Russian submarine, which sunk to the bottom of the ocean, and they couldn't get it back up again, so they just let them die in there. Oh, it's just They awful. couldn't do anything about it. Well, they've given them rehydration tablets and a high-energy glucose gel oh, to let their digestive systems get a bit better. And then in about three days, they're going to give them some proper food, but not before then, because their stomachs won't be able to take it. I want then. egg sausage bacon and hash browns, please. <laughs> exactly. That'd be quite nice. Like an inside-out sushi roll. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Not a sushi roll. Jason Annis um, was dumped by his girlfriend... And uh, he obviously decided that he, he wasn't having this. So he bombarded her with 1,046 calls, oh my. 635 texts and 350 Facebook messages after she dumped him. Eventually, she contacted the police. And while she was giving officers a statement, he phoned her 56 times. Oh a rather stupid man. So they've now restrained him and said, listen, you're not to go within 100 yards. And he was told to pay £85 costs. The, the problem is, for this point, nobody understands how awful it must be if you're bombarded with this amount of unwanted calls. 2,000 texts and calls. Stupid man. And all he gets is, you know, a, a restraining order and £85 fine. You know, it doesn't, you know... Well, it's abusive, isn't it? I mean, it is abusive. It is it's abusive. abuse. It's just using modern technology to be abusive. Well, that's why I said before, the people who've called, you know, for that woman who threw the cat in the bin 
to be sort of, you know, hanged and all the rest of it and threatened with all sorts of things. They, they will be found yes. by, by the police. Unfortunately, you know, she won't be prosecuted, but people who make death threats will be prosecuted. And then you'll find out, I think, who's... Is it Alan Carr, the chatty man? Yeah. Could it go? Oh. He, he apparently was getting abusive texts from somebody. Turned out to be a 12-year-old girl. Really? 12-year-old girl, a rather stupid person. Jonathan, thank you. Thank you very much. Jonathan's back with us next week on the programme. He didn't bring an umbrella, so he's going to get very wet today. I did bring an umbrella, so I'm not. Nick Ferrari is with you. After the news at 7, he'll keep you company all the way through until 10 o'clock this morning. Have a great day. Keep it tuned to LBC 97.3. The business update is with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Sam.